Welcome back to uh, Reflections in Jeremiah. It's been a few weeks since we've been able to get into Jeremiah together. Uh, a few weeks ago, we ended off in chapters 4 and 5, where we saw God's judgment, but also um, His mercy. There was little hints of God's mercy in the midst of His judgment. God does judge because He's righteous, but He also delights to show mercy. Now this week we're looking at chapter 6, and specifically I want to look at verse 16 with you um, this time. Now chapter 6 is is um, really, in one sense, continuing the thought of God's judgment. It's a, it's a warning to Israel of impending judgment. In verse 22, God warns of a people from the north who, who's going to come, and, and they're going to basically destroy God's covenant people. They're going to show no mercy against them. This northern people, according to Jeremiah, according to God, is a manifestation of God's judgment against his own covenant people because they've forsaken God. They've broken the covenant. Now in verse 16, God exhorts his people to respond in a certain way in light of the fact that judgment is at the doorsteps. This is what he says to his people in verse 16. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look, and ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. So that's God's exhortation in light of impending judgment. Now, the end of verse 16 to 21 reveals that Israel didn't listen to this exhortation as he goes on to say, but they said, we will not walk in it. Walk in what? Walk in the way of goodness, the ancient path. I set, watch, I set watchmen over you saying, pay attention to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not pay attention. Therefore, he... Hear, O nations, and know, O congregation, what will happen to them. Hear, O earth, behold, I am bringing disaster upon this people, the fruit of their devices, because they have not paid attention to my words. And as for my law, they have rejected it. What use to me is frankincense that comes from Sheba, or sweet cane from a distant land. Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices pleasing to me. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will lay before this people stumbling blocks against which they shall stumble, Fathers and sons together, neighbor and friend, shall perish. So God exhorts them, turn to the ancient paths, follow the good way, walk in it. You'll find rest for your souls, but Israel doesn't listen. And because of that, God is going to bring judgment upon them. So that's kind of the context of Jeremiah chapter 6. But what I want to focus on is specifically verse 16 because I, I think verse 16 is, is very applicable for us today living in a modern secular culture. There are truths in verse 16 that challenges certain beliefs, certain ideas that are so widely accepted in our secular culture. And there are two beliefs in particular that verse 16 challenges. The first is this. Our secular culture believes, assumes, that new is better than old. We live in a society today that argues that anything new is better than the old. 
primarily in the realm of morality. People today are, are far more morally enlightened than the people of the past. That's, that's the argument. If, if it's an idea that has appeared in the last you know, 50 years, that it must be morally superior to any thought from 500 years ago. You see, it's assumed in this way of thinking that, that the longer history unfolds, the greater moral progress we make as humans. This is what C.S. Lewis called chronological snobbery. The idea is that simply because we've had more time, we've somehow morally progressed. I would argue that there are ways in which we have progressed morally, but there are also ways in which we have declined morally as a people. See, I think our Prime Minister displayed this in 2017, this way of thinking, when he was asked about his cabinet being 50% men and 50% women, he, they asked him why, and he said his response was simply this, it's 2017. He didn't give an argument. He merely stated that new ways of thought, according to our culture, are superior to old ways. But here in Jeremiah, when, when impending judgment is on Israel's doorstep, God says to them, ask for the ancient paths. Ask for the paths of old, the ancient wisdom. Now, it's also not true that just because something is old, it's morally superior. It's not about old or new. It, it's about what's true and, and what's good. And the ancient paths in, in Jeremiah's mindset, and according to God, are, are really God's instruction and his ways that have been given to his people throughout many generations. And he's telling the people in Jeremiah's day, consider the ancient paths that I made known to your forefathers in order that they might experience blessing and life. So, just because an idea is new doesn't mean that it's somehow inherently superior to ideas and beliefs in the past. Now the second belief that, that I think verse 16 challenges today is the idea that goodness is merely a human construct and therefore purely preferential and subjective. See, our secular culture believes that, that goodness is, is a projection of your mind. And therefore, whatever is good to Billy is good for Billy. And whatever is good to Sally is good for Sally, regardless of whether their projections of goodness are contradictory. In other words, there's, there's, there's no real essence or nature to goodness. It's whatever your mind deems to be good. There, there's not actually an objective reality called goodness. But here in verse 16, and, and really Christianity as a whole, it, it challenges that form of notion. Look at verse 16 again, right? Ask for the ancient past where the good way is and walk in it. You see, Christianity teaches that, that there is such thing as goodness that, that is outside of your and, and my, my own personal projections. There's a real essence, a real nature to goodness. 
which as Christians we would argue is, is of course found in God. He, he is the source of goodness. He is goodness. See, Christianity claims that there is such a thing as goodness regardless of whether you agree with it or not. Goodness is more real, more concrete than the material world that you physically can touch because God is more real than the physical world. See, we don't, as humans, have the freedom to create our own personal projections of goodness. Rather, our, our tasks as humans, or our task as humans, is to conform ourselves to the true nature of goodness, which is precisely what God says, right? Ask for the ancient past, paths where the good way is, and walk in it. See, this is why modern secular thought is in conflict with Christianity and is irreconcilable to Christianity. So why does any of this matter? Well, God tells us that to walk in the way of goodness will lead to rest for our souls. That's precisely what he says in the text, right? Ask for the ancient past, where the good way is, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. In other words, Pursuing goodness and living according to that which is good will lead to true rest and peace for our souls, even in the midst of turmoil. And isn't that what we truly long for as humans? I mean, Augustine, I think, said it best when he said, Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, O God. So if you're watching this and you're not a Christian, you, you might be seeking you might be interested you might have lots of questions but if you're not a christian and but you find yourself tired and weary you're tired of the brokenness and, and sin in your own life here's what i would say to you the only way to walk in the ways of goodness is to come to the one who is the source of goodness and to drink from him and to find rest in him Come to Jesus, who, who said he will give rest to our weary souls. In Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, these are some of the most beautiful words ever to be said. And this is what Jesus said. Come to me, all who labor and are heaven, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to Jesus. He is the source of goodness, and he will lead you in the way of goodness, and you will find rest for your souls. And if you're watching this and you are a follower of Jesus, you, you are a Christian, I want to exhort you to strive by the grace of God and the empowerment of the Spirit to conform your life to God's ways which are the ways of goodness, for he is good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. and We thank you that your word penetrates into our hearts and speaks truth into our lives and challenges 
many of the false notions and ideas that we are so easily prone to believe. And Lord, we pray that, that we would be a people who not only believes, but seeks to live according to what we believe, that we would look for the ancient paths, look for the way of goodness, and walk in it, that we would follow you and follow your ways, that we would love that which is truly good, truly beautiful, and truly true. So help us in this, Father, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. Well, friends, thanks for watching, and uh, I hope to connect with you again next week as we continue to look at the book of Jeremiah. God bless. Bye.